0: This is Jonathan Hanson. I
1: want to welcome you once again to the Warning Radio Program and my special guest again is Apostle Don Beasley. He's the senior pastor of Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. Don, welcome back to the Warning Radio Program.
2: Thank you. Good morning, Dr. Hanson, how are you today?
1: Well, I'm doing fine. 2021 has been some roller coaster year. It has been for sure. I mean, the church is finally seeing prophecy come to pass. It seems like each and every day there's things you could talk about. Absolutely. I mean, if you can't find anything about talking about today, you may I, you may not be alive. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, prophecy, as you know, you and I are well in tune to this reality. It's been happening for years now, coming to pass. But wow. Every day, we could talk about something different because craziness is happening out there.
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's really everywhere. I mean, it's. Uh, I find it. I find the Bible prophecy is amazing to me uh, in, in multiple areas. I think you know most of the. You know, when we think about the rapture and all those things like that, the the templates that we have are from uh, a long time ago. And we keep pushing that forward, you know, like for instance, you take the pictures in the book of Revelation, these pictures that these artists draw up of these creatures and beings and whatever, you know, and they look like some kind of Cyclops, uh, octopus looking thing, you know, kind of, they're almost cartoonish today with all the gory stuff that we have with all of our computer generated stuff that they can create in Hollywood, you know, but you know, when I look at that, I take like John, you know, 2000 years ago, private I mean, the biggest piece of military hardware he's seen is a catapult to control big rock, you know, and uh, probably, you know, seen, they didn't have any explosives or anything like that, you know, they had no, nothing that could fly, and they probably had about a three or four horse chariot, probably about the fastest thing he had ever seen on wheels, you know, and then he stretched forward into our day and time, and he sees airplanes and tanks and all the stuff, stuff we have in the seas and the oceans or whatever, and he not even have he can only use the terminology that he has available to him vocabulary wise to explain what he's looking at. You know, and so he says it has the claws of this and the teeth of this and the head of a man and this and that and whatever. So we draw that up that way, you know. And I think that we're just living in the fulfillment of it and we don't even pay attention. We look and see all this stuff and we're looking at what he saw, but we're interpreting it through these stupid pictures that we drew, you know or 400 years ago.
1: Well, you're, you're exactly
2: and right. And we're waiting for these things to rise up out of the ocean, whatever. And we're right in the middle of it. And we don't, I mean, we're in the middle of the forest and we can't even see the tree.
1: You're right, Don. And ladies and gentlemen, if you've been just tuning in, this is a uh, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I have Apostle Don Beasley, Turning Point City Church, Dixon, <coughs> uh, Illinois with me. And uh, we, we just opened the program, touched on prophecy. Again, My website is www.worldministries.org. www.worldministries.org. Click on Prophecies, and uh, you'll be shocked at what's going on right now each and every day. Click on Prophecies. Since March 2020, I've had 22 nighttime visions dealing with what's coming on America. Civil unrest, it's happening. Civil war, some people say is here, but I'll tell you what—it's going to really blow up, and an invasion. The church is not waking up. I believe before it's over, millions are going to die. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you need to pay attention because I believe your life is at stake. Now, Don, uh, when we were off there, we talked about the condition of the church, and why don't you go over some of the stats you told me, which are phenomenal.
2: Yeah, it was in a southern. I just read a Southern Baptist you know they, they love their numbers you know they'd be pretty good them in barna uh they and they you know they just always have all these numbers and since the pandemic started uh, and has come back church attendance is down 20 to it's between 20 to 30 percent. that's the best number they can get across the across the board uh and 12 percent less people claim to be christian in just this two-year period of time that that twelve percent drop is as much as like about seventy-five years before that. So if you want to know what speed we're moving at, that kind of gives you what it took seventy five years to get a twelve percent drop in people that claim to be Christianity, we have a twelve percent drop in just
1: two years. And you um, said twenty to thirty percent are not attending church anymore.
2: Right. Twenty to thirty percent. And we're being and we're being told, I don't know, I mean I know everybody has digital church and whatever, you know, and and we do too for that, you know, and there's seminars and whatever telling you how to do digital church as your number one way. That's going to be to them. We're not going to meet in the future face to face, person to person. And, uh, you need to be, you know, all about becoming digital and whatever you can do church out, of, you know, sitting in your office and have great backgrounds and screens and all the stuff like that. And, But the problem with that is, that's why the Bible, I think the Bible is very, very clear in Hebrews, where it says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as such as some are in the habit of doing, that it's a habit of doing, but it says, but it says to do it all the more as you see the days approaching, we need to meet together. And there's some interesting things about, you know, when you talk about, you, you can't really, when you're at home in your living room, I mean, if, if the only thing you can do is worship with your buddies on the internet, that's fine, I guess, that'll work. But it's not the same as being there. I tell people all the time, you know, going to digital church is like, I'm going to go get a banana split or a good steak. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to take some great notes. And then I'm going to get on the line and tell you what it tasted like. All I'm going to do, you're not going to be satisfied at all. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just not the way it's supposed to, what we're supposed to get together and fellowship. The word is kononia. That fellowship happens among the saints as we meet together. Uh, even in the New Testament, it said from house to house and in, and in the bigger meeting that we have. And they said in the temple courts, they went to the temple courts every single morning. They received the blessing of the priest. Even after Christians, even after Christ, Christians would still go down because most of the people were still Jewish. They would go to receive the blessing of the priest. And that's really what coming to church is really about. I had a friend of mine one time and he got he went through in charismatic churches and whatever, went through a really hard time. And he uh, ended up he called me one day and he said he was going to Episcopalian church. And I was kinda I was bored, I couldn't believe it, you know. Uh and I, I of course I didn't really I just and he says I know you want to know why. I didn't ask you. He said, I know you want to know why. And I go, well, since you brought it up, yeah, it'd be kind of nice to know why. He said, you know, I got, I've got. i been in Pentecostal charismatic churches my whole life. And he said, uh, I never really, he said, I'm always thinking I'm something wrong between me and God, you know? And he said, uh, I learned so much about communion here that when, I come to, when it comes to the end of the service of communion, I'm blessed, I'm forgiven, I'm cleansed. And I don't have to, I'm, I'm done there. I don't have to do anything else. It's over. And I walk out in peace with God. And so from that, he just said, you know, that coming together with the, brother, the brethren is a time whenever we have fellowship and we realize who we are and to whom we belong. And when you don't come together and you're just, life will get in the way and you get in a bad habit of not being together with your brothers and sisters. And then you're isolated, and the Scripture is very clear about what happens when we become isolated. We become targets of, of, of the wolf. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: so he says he walks out with peace with God. Right. Now, you, you said so much there, and I just want to unravel it a little bit. Um, yeah. In fact, you, you, you got me inspired, I, and I wrote down in my notes uh, a new article I'm going to write, The Reason for Church. Because <laughs> I tell you what uh, you cannot just uh, uh, sit around the coffee house and 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 talk and uh, with other Christians and and think you're going to church now uh, that's part of the body of Christ is talking about the things of God in a coffee house or in your home or something, but a church is so much more. It's allowing uh, the saints and the leadership, uh, God's servants, to deal with your life, to to talk with you, to confront you, to disciple you, to train you, uh, to educate you, as well as to comfort you in times of need. We are not islands. We need one another. If we're we're going to continue to be healthy and survive this Christian walk. So, uh, and and if I can just touch a bit on even the Episcopalian church, and I'm glad he finds peace with God, but you need to go into the reality of the truth of God, too. Many people have mental assent. They listen to uh, some message, and they feel, you know, on eternal security, okay, no matter what I do, I'm at peace. Well, that's not the... That's not what the Bible says. It says if you walk in the light and have fellowship with those that are in the light, if you do the truth, if you follow the ways of Christ, then the light is in you. If you don't, you're in darkness. And so um, the Episcopalian church Overseas have crashed and burned. It's called the Anglican Church. And that's because the Episcopalian Church has nullified the word of God in America. To a great extent, they've nullified sin. They're backing sins of abortion, homosexuality, uh, same-sex marriage, things that are an abomination. And that's because the Episcopalian Church is under the Federal Council of Churches, which is a Marxist covering, a Marxist covering a communist covering and so again uh, mainline churches are, are under a marxist communist covering and and people can have mental assent and some do have a relationship with christ but i know a lot of them that come to me and say pastor hansen started a church in my community because my pastor backs abortion homosexuality i'm sick of his tolerance of sin do
2: Absolutely, yep. That this uh, particular guy that he was, it wasn't really uh, upholding the Episcopalian denomination or whatever. He went there for a little while. What he was saying is, is, that the break in that time, he he was going through a very difficult time in his life. And in that break of time, he said he he learned about communion. In that break, it wasn't really it wasn't the church, wasn't even that group of people or whatever. It was just the fact that they centered communion. Yeah, that's he said cool. something that had hadn't been done, and he said in my whole life as a minister of the gospel in the charismatic Pentecostal church, we treated communion as an option. Wow, well that's sad. And he said communion is not an option. Jesus gave it to us as one of the greatest, one of the greatest ordinances that He gave it to us. He gave you know the ordinances. You know, him and I talked about this many times. The, the ordinances of uh, Baptism, communion, the laying on of hands
1: to heal the sick,
2: and you know these these organs in the dedication of children unto
1: the Lord. You know and. Uh, our church is done. Our churches, to a great extent, are falling away from truth. you got the mainline churches and apostasy. Mm-hmm. you got even a lot of charismatic Pentecostals that are falling away from truth. Uh, their statement of faith, they say they believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They believe in tongues, interpretation of tongues. They believe in the power gifts. They believe in, again, miracles and signs and wonders and deliverance. But yet, they don't do them. You go into their services, it's three songs and you're out, a simple little message and a consumer-friendly message. And so we are in serious, serious, serious trouble where even a lot of our, main, uh, our fundamental churches, supposedly, are not operating in the fundamentals of Jesus Christ. Like communion is critical. I know uh, last Sunday I spoke on the reality of Christmas and we had Communion uh this week I'm speaking on again for New Year's message a message that uh are is going into the reality of where we're at, the future, the hope and uh, we are more than conquerors, but we are going to have communion. And so I believe like you said that uh, we are in a great falling away. Whatever you want to say, charismatic, Pentecostal, uh, independent, uh, fundamental, uh, you get into mainline churches, we are in a great falling away. Don? Yeah, I think
2: think that's one of my, it's been one of my pet peeves for a long time with a couple of organizations, especially when we have a lot of people coming into the ministry as a second career. So they've retired from whatever business. They've been a Christian or whatever. And they're retired from something or whatever. And now they become a minister. And they have very, very little theological training. And uh, and, and I, when I talk about theological training, I just mean about systematically understanding the scriptures, how they connect together. And so what we end up doing is we have, and then with this high levels of grace teaching or whatever that we have, you know, hyper, hyper grace. We we cut we dissect the Bible like we could we take parts and leave parts behind. And then we'll say things like uh, we're not under the law anymore. Curse being a person that, you know, Jesus was cursed, uh, hung on a tree, and and took away the law. And and I and I love when people say to me, I probe money, they get they get all freaked out because they don't have they can't answer two questions about that. The reality is, I ask them, well, what exactly law? What 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 is the law? And they they say, and I said, well, you do know that Moses gave three different, three kinds of law. God gave Moses three kinds of law. He gave, first of all, he gave him the moral law. And when God gave the moral law, he spoke that to all the people in 70 languages off of Mount Sinai. That that was the Ten Commandments. And then and then he gave them the ceremonial law, which was how you approach God with animal sacrifice and whatever. And then he gave them the civil law, how you treat each other. And so different kinds of things like that. So then, when Jesus comes in in the New Testament, they ask him, "What's the greatest law?" And he said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind." That's the Shema that they they taught the, the people of Israel, and uh, from Deuteronomy six, seven, and uh, then and then he said, "In the second is like unto it, treat your neighbor as your, love your neighbor as yourself." So when Jesus said, "I came to I came not to do away with the law, but fulfill the law," he was talking about the ceremonial law. He did away with all the blood, blood sacrifice, and all that kind of stuff like that. But by his own words, he codified in the New Testament the moral and the civil law of God. And pe- we, today we we preach as though we're not under any of that. That we we are you know the Ten Commandments are gone away with, up to and including. I mean, like I love I ask people about the Sabbaths all the time. I said, you, 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 "Tell me the Ten Commandments." And they know them, and they. But to get to that Sabbath one, I said, you know what it says in the Sabbath? It says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. He said, "He, did, he, he said, remember the Sabbath. And I asked him, then I asked these preachers, when did God, when, when did the Sabbath made holy? They don't even know. It was in Genesis. God rested on the seventh day and he made it holy. He tells us, remember me and the Sabbath and keep it holy. And yet today we act as if though, you know, we, you know, we do all these We're in this whole thing where we just don't have anything like that, you know, and we wonder why we're so wiped out all the time. It's because we don't have any Genesis balance in our life where we come away to be recharged in our spirit, man. And uh, so we have all that. But I think the biggest problem is, is that the church in the scriptures, the church, God has a family and they take his name. That's why he says, don't take my name in vain. You become part of my family. And his family has a, a temple with an altar and he said, when you come to this altar, I'll hear you and answer your prayer. If you come to it the way I tell you to. And then we have a school of the Holy Spirit where we teach theology, uh, that we understand how all these things connect together. And then we have a hospital with compassion and healing where people are put back together, or disciples. And then we have an army where we learn how to fight warfare and advance the kingdom of God. And the problem is, is churches act like that's a, that's a multiple choice, you can choose the, you know, kind of choose the three you want, and act, you know, this piece, that piece of that, and so we're all divided and separated up over these kinds of things, and the church has been weakened, and Jesus himself said a house divided against itself will fail, and we've been failing, and it's time for us to, I mean, I, we have to understand that there are bad theologies and all that stuff like that, like what you just said about Episcopalians, when I was in college, I did a study, I wanted to know how these, I looked at the Methodist, you know, Wesley, I looked at the Lutheran church. You go you back and you read Martin Luther stuff, and you think you need to get saved. <laughs> you know, and then how, they, how they did all, all these guys, you know, and I, I couldn't figure out how they got so liberal. And then, and then I, I just stumbled across it by accident during the Vietnam War, because that's how all these people, all these group, groups of people became Marxists, as you say. And it is true we have to understand how they became that way. And what happened was is they people were wanting to escape the the draft in the in the Vietnam and they had no more college deferments, except in all these big theological schools in the mainline denominations that had a lot of deferments. And so people that weren't even Christians that are, you know, they're anti American, anti government, anti-God, they go to these they went into these uh, big seminaries, uh, mainline seminaries, and they got a, do- a, ma- a uh, they got a bachelor's degree, and then they stayed down and got a master's degree, and then they stayed down and got a doctorate degree, and now been, they're the teachers of all these universities. They're the people who have been teaching their theology. They're not even believers. And so they went from being these staunch, foundational faith-believing into these completely ungodly
1: leadership. Yeah, and then our government has purposely, like Lyndon Bean Johnson, uh, taken the church out of the battle because they did not want them involved in politics because they in wanted character. to transform America, and and our values in the past was based on Judeo-Christian values. Well, our government has directly attacked that, and uh, if you want to look what we stand for, look at the agenda of the United Nations, and our our government is backing an anti-Judeo-Christian values. They're they're against Christianity now. They're against Jesus Christ. Our government is backing the agenda of the United Nations, and we have formed that agenda.
2: Right. I don't remember what year it was in the Supreme Court. The year that they it was the year that they declared that atheism was a religion for five hundred one c three purposes. Yeah, they uh, they did that. I don't remember. What, it was in like sixty eight or something like that. Well, 19- nineteen
1: seventy. 1963, uh, the Supreme Court uh, took uh, Bible reading and prayer, 63, 64, out of the public schools. Before that, you didn't need Christian schools. They took it out at that time. And then 1973, uh, the Supreme Court, again, uh, changed uh, the – criminality of homosexuality. It used to be a crime. And under uh, the, the Diagnostic Study of Mental Disorders 3, which I, I, one of my degrees is in general studies in psychology, uh, but they, it used to be a mental disorder. But again, 1973, they, took a, 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 they made abortion legal. They made homosexuality legal. Prior to that time, these were crimes that you could arrest people for and put them in prison.
2: Right. well what what I was trying to say there is that when they when they the year that they declared atheism yeah yeah exactly was was a was a, a religion is the, is the day that the United States of America chose their religion
1: now let's, and
2: they're not supposed to have a religion but they chose atheism yeah you bet and that's why they push it in all of our universities you can't be accredited if you don't teach it in
1: and the, the and the the universities course are filled with communists, filled with communist, filled with communist right. professors. Exactly. But, but anyway, um, let's just touch, because we're running out of time already. The church is yeah. so afraid, like you said, they would rather uh, take a, a shot, a vaccination that could cause their death than lose their job done.
2: Yep. That, that more and more people now are, that they're starting to come up on this, on these time limits for their jobs. A couple of people have, in some, some places just refuse to take, religious exemptions which is against the law but they refuse to do it and uh they just ignore them they just they tell them no or they want them to be so detailed that if, you know you'd have to have a college degree in theology and you wouldn't satisfy them and, and you don't get a hearing on it you just turn the paper in and they just right they say reject it. but the, what's happening with people and i've been trying to, pr- the, the, to preach and teach faith to the people and about, about how to just stand in the midst of this so, so that God can be God. You know, everybody wants to be Daniel and the lion's den, but nobody wants to go in the lion's den. <laughs> everybody wants to be in three children, but nobody wants to go in the fire. Ladies I mean, and if you don't go in the fire, you can't sing the song. I went through the fire and didn't get burned. If you don't go through the water, you can't sing the song. I went through the water and didn't get
1: drowned. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Warning Radio Program. Special guest, Senior Pastor Don Beasley, uh, Dixon, Illinois, Turning Point City Church. I want you to know hope is believing that the goodness of God will intervene in your circumstance. Hope is knowing that God will always be victor. God will always be victor. There's a lot of fear out there, but God will always be victor. On my World Ministries International with Dr. Jonathan Hansen Facebook, says, I believe in the God of miracles. Never give up. Tune in again next week when I have Apostle Don Beasley back on. I'll see you all tomorrow. This is Jonathan Hansen, and you need to be a part of Eagles Saving Nations. The vision? To wake up Christians to the reality of the situation that is taking place in the United States of America today. To expose the forces that are trying to replace the Republic of America under the morality of God, defining the Bible into tyranny, thus communism. To educate Christians in every nation to the goals and operations of the forces aligned and associated with the New World Order that are orchestrating one crisis after another, not only in their nation, but throughout the world to move mankind into a world government as described in the book of Revelation. To have leaders, people in every walk of life, in every nation join eagle-saving nations. To rise up and be a true ambassador of Jesus Christ, filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit to have the power and authority to do spiritual battle to save their nation, to stop the tyranny that is taking place using COVID-19 as an excuse to ignore the Constitution of the United States of America and Bill of Rights as well as other constitutions throughout the world, to stop the tyranny in other nations that is trying to take away a person's liberties and freedoms being controlled by people with evil motives and goals, to conduct conferences in nations where Eagle's Saving Nation has membership. These conferences will be focused on training, strategy, exhortation, worship, preaching, and allowing the glory of God to manifest in these meetings with people being baptized in the Holy Ghost and others constantly overflowing with the Holy Spirit. We want them to leave the conference encouraged, refreshed, strengthened with the power and authority to accomplish confronting the evil forces trying to enslave God's people and their nation. Contact me at warning at worldministries.org. That's warning at worldministries.org or telephone 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248. God bless you.